Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I'm Michael J. Sutton. Today is May the 22nd, 2022. This is episode 14 of Freedom from Fear. Today's episode is titled, What is the Antidote to Fear? The theme for this week has been freedom of speech that means something. And this is because the real freedom of speech is before the one who really listens, cares and understands, and that's God. We can speak openly, clearly and frankly to God. It seems to me that when we are seeking freedom from fear, that the only place we can really go is God. He is the only one who can overcome fear, and the only way to do that is to speak to him. What is interesting is that in Ephesians 3 there is a verse that speaks of freedom of speech and that has to do with God, but nothing to do with the government. Yet we think and breathe the state in a world that God has made. Why is that? I believe it's because of the demonic plan of replacing God with the government so that we lose faith in God and stop trusting him. COVID hysteria advanced that cause, especially in what's left of the Western Church. Now so many priests, ministers and pastors are good little servants of the state, not of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the antidote to fear? Prayer. Prayer must be a daily experience. Using this antidote to fear must occur in our daily life. Prayer need not be something special or something we do, but a daily reality in our life as common as breathing. Without breath we cannot live, and without prayer we cannot survive. True Christianity only begins with genuine prayer and the reading of the scriptures. Any idiot can go to church, and many do. It's easy to be a Christian in church, The bar is so low that even the devil could turn up and be made a church warden. But it's only when faith becomes personal that it becomes real. In the West, the church has become one's default faith. Most Christians I've met over the years in the West could not survive without their local church, which means they have no faith, or they have such little faith that it's impossible to tell the difference. Going to church these days for the Christian in tune with God is the man or woman who enjoys streaming services and binge TV having been forced to watch free-to-air channels. The action of faith occurs outside church buildings. That's where life is and faith in action. It's not at church. You know church people. They all look the same and they smell the same. And it's not a good look, and we all know that church smell. It's the odour of false piety, the aroma of self-righteousness. If you know your parable of the prodigal, it's the sin of the older brother. They resent God and despise new believers in Christ. Many of them believe that turning up on Sunday after Sunday and going through the rituals will bring them extra blessing in heaven. But the person of faith is the one who brings God into all of their life. This brings us to Paul again, who offers to us the antidote to fear, but with a cost, a condition. 
it's not pretty. It's real. Prayer only becomes real when we are praising God, not simply asking Him for something. This is what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It is easy to say that we should pray. Indeed, it's more difficult to pray. It is even more difficult to pray rejoicing, especially in difficult times. But it is in those times that faith becomes real and not just something we claim to believe in. It becomes something that burns into our hearts by the trials of life. We do not rejoice, as Paul says, in our misery. For example, we do not say, Thank God I'm suffering. Thank God I'm in misery or pain or sadness. Only a fool would say these things, and Paul is no fool. But what he is saying is that we are to rejoice in the Lord. We are to rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. The test of our faith during times of fear, pain and trial is not to blindly face the misery stoically, but to do so rejoicing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ reminds us what has really happened, the big picture, if you will, of our life, the big picture of our salvation, our hope for the future and our assurances of eternal life. But it is not simply the big picture. It is the big picture framing the details of our lives so that this rejoicing in Christ is where is what we carry in our daily life, in our daily walk. This rejoicing in Christ is what we carry in our daily walk. Because Jesus is worth celebrating. We rejoice in the Lord because he is worth rejoicing over for what he has done is a matter for celebration. What is the antidote to fear? We must be gentle. Paul also urges us to be gentle. This is in close association with rejoicing in prayer, and so it must be deliberate. Paul was not a theologian, but a brilliant thinker, who did not say things by accident. Gentleness. This is one of the fruit of the Spirit. But why link rejoicing in prayer with gentleness? Joyous people are gentle people, and gentle people are people of prayer. I think it's that simple. It does not mean effeminate or weak, but gentle. And anyone can have the spirit of gentleness. What is interesting is that Paul tells us that our gentleness is to be known to all people. That is, our spirit of gentleness is to be public, not private or secret, but public. If your priest or pastor is not gentle, then I'm sorry, he or she is not a Christian. I have met few men or women of a gentle spirit in public life, so we can easily exclude them as being those who follow Christ, no matter what they say. It also includes most churchmen, and I don't care how important they are. Most are not gentle. They are factious, divisive, hateful, 
and bitter. These days the church is involved in bitter factional disputes. The culture war is killing off ministers more effectively than the old roundup used to kill weeds in the garden. Priests, ministers and pastors were silent over COVID, but now the culture wars are taking up their time. They are fighting their religious wars. One of these wars makes me sick to the stomach. The war against children, especially gay and transgender children. Another generation of children to abuse, not far from the last one and the one before that. Before that, This is not the path of a Christian. This is the path of an abusive institution. The Western Church, for some reason, is obsessed with children. It is a sickness. It is an illness. I can tell you how many children came to faith in Christ in the Gospels. The answer is none. I can tell you how many babies or kids came to Christ in faith in the New Testament. Again, the answer is none. In 2,000 years of Christianity, genuine faith is made later in life, or it matures later in life and while many come to faith when they're kids most give up because their faith was never genuine Christian fascists point to the prison warden and axe yes his whole household came to faith including grandpa and grandma and the household slaves Christian fascists point to Timothy but Pastor Tim was a man not a child most kids who are baptised want nothing to do with Jesus Christ later in life. The 19th and 20th century Christian education program has been a complete failure and has produced millions of Christian fascists who in turn want to force people to believe in their version of God. They produce instability and are trouble. They are also opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is about a new heart, not new behaviour. God does not convert through education or government declaration. The children? Well, they're in God's hands. Let the little children come unto me, says Christ, and do not hinder them, for such are those in the kingdom of God. Jesus did not say, Keep the gay kids away, please. The kingdom of God is only for straight boys and girls. No, that would be the church. This gentleness of spirit in the life of a Christian is important. Children were attracted to Jesus. He did not scare them away. Children trusted him. Only the diehard fanatics, religious lunatics, Christian fascists, sadly many vulnerable people and liars trust the church now. Leave the children in God's hands and not yours. It is sad, it is an indictment, it is a tragedy that the Christian church has become an institution known for child abuse. Instead of turning away from this terrible evil, the churches have fought it every step of the way. Now they pretend as if it never happened, and they've turned their attention to children again, this time under the guise of protecting them from gender fluidity. They want to stop gay kids and transgender kids and all kinds of kids really, from identifying with one or more genders. Listen, this is the same church and the same people and the same brutality ready for the next generation. Leave the children alone for the sake of the kids and for the gospel 
and for the sake of the name of God, which you hypocrites have dragged through the mud for so long. So we are to rejoice and be gentle, and we are to bring our prayers and petitions to God. Importantly, Paul tells us that we are not to be anxious. We are not to be anxious about anything at all. It's easy to say, but not easy to do. Anxiety follows many of us like our shadow. How can we leave anxiety behind? I believe it is a discipline. It is a practice to be learned, and it's not automatic. For some of us, it will be a struggle. But God is with us even in our anxiety and our pain. In some ways, he is even more present in those times. We are to present our requests and prayers to God to make them known to him. We need to verbalize them and tell them to God. Paul ends with a promise that will come to all who pray. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This makes sense because we are praying through Jesus to the Father and we are in him. This peace of God is from God and of God and it is so wonderful that it's beyond the mind and beyond all understanding. What is the antidote to fear? It is praying while rejoicing in the Lord with a gentle spirit evident to all. This is how fear is defeated in the life of a Christian in a world that hates those who follow Jesus. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We have a new podcast episode every day. Freedom Matters Today explores freedom from a Christian perspective. Be sure to check out our daily blog at freedommatterstoday.com and subscribe. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from fear.